Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Lamentations chapter 3, beginning to read in verse 21. Beginning to read in verse 21. I love this uh, scripture right here. We're going to read a couple verses. This is what the prophet Jeremiah writes. He says, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Somebody say hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him the Lord is good to those who hope is in him to the one who seeks him it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord out of those five verses in the book of Lamentations I want to share a message with you this morning and and this is kind of like if you want to write it down this is kind of like a part two to last week last week I shared a message called there is a war there is a war we were talking about the mind we were talking about things that are trying to grab attention of our mind and grab worship of our mind and this is almost like a second part to it and today I want to talk to you out of the subject out of the subject you could write this down I want to talk to you out of the subject I've made up my mind I've made up my mind come on look at your neighbor and tell him I've made up my mind I've made up my mind. Some people don't look to the left or to the right, no matter what. Before the end of service, I'm going to get you looking at your neighbor. I've made up my mind. Come on, we're going to make up our mind today. Come on, why don't we close our eyes, bow our head, and let's ask God to bless this time together. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your grace. Thank you for this brand new morning. Thank you for this service. Thank you for this gathering of your family, your community. And God, we thank you so much for this church, Calvary. Thank you for the 9 a.m., the 11 a.m., the 1 p.m., the 6 p.m.s. And uh, God, we pray that you would have your way in every service and every campus, God. We pray that you would speak to us today, God, that if anybody walked in today with no faith, if some people walked in today struggling in their faith, if some people walked in struggling in their walk, I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that your Holy Spirit would lift them up. And God, we believe that today chains will be broken, eyes will be open, and uh, God, that we will see you in a way we would never, that we have never seen you before. And God, we want a brand new, fresh relationship with you always we love you jesus and somehow some way uh, supernaturally save the dolphins do something we need you it is in jesus name all of god's people say oh come on all of god's people say can you give jesus a big big shout of praise come on big big shout of praise god is good have you ever have you ever felt stuck in life right have you ever felt stuck in life Feeling stuck is, it's not a good feeling. Have you ever felt stuck anywhere? Have you ever been stuck somewhere? <laughs> have you? I'm, asking, I'm trying to have a you know, dialogue here. 
Have you ever felt, have you ever been stuck somewhere, right? Like some of us, we've been stuck. Uh, me, myself, I've been stuck in, in several places, right? Like, like, for example, I remember a couple years ago, we went up to a conference in, in New York City, and on the way back, our flight was delayed not once, not twice, but three times, right? Anybody, anybody, anybody hate flight delays, right? Like, they're absolutely the worst, right? And so you're in the airport. You don't even know what else to do. I'll never forget it was me, my wife Diana, Pastor JP. I, I don't know why I just said it like that. Diana, Diana. My wife Diana, uh, Pastor JP, and Luis Coyasso. We were at a conference. We were trying to come back, and um, we, we couldn't catch any flight. And they kept delaying it, delaying it, delaying it. And so we were stuck at the airport. Be, being stuck is not a good thing. I'll never forget me and a couple of friends one time, we decided to go uh, off-road in his car, in his vehicle. He had a, an Isuzu Rodeo. I also had one, uh, but we went in his, and we went off-roading, and, and there was some mud, and we got stuck in the mud, and there was no way that we can get the car out. We literally spent like an hour and a half. Somebody had to come and get us out. Like, I, I've been stuck in several places. Anybody know what I'm talking about? One time I was in a parking lot, and I was with my brother, and I parked my car. I think we went in to eat some lunch. After lunch, we get back in the vehicle. We get back in my car, and there's a car blocking me, and we try to find the driver. And, and after about 10 minutes, we couldn't find the driver, and we're going crazy. We got to go back to work. And my brother goes, just go forward. There's a little piece of grass. Just go forward. You're going to be okay, and we'll make it out to the street. And, and from that day on, I, I, I actually learned never to listen to my brother again because this was my vehicle after I decided to go forward. If we could show a picture of my car really quick. Uh, that's my car. It just stayed. The back wheel is actually off the ground. Like the car was literally like, it was like a seesaw. It's a seesaw now. And um, it, I'm actually in the car. If you can see me, I'm in the car on the phone calling a tow truck. It was the worst, most embarrassing moment of my life. Everybody from the lunch place came outside to see us. Like I just have like everybody around me. I'm like, nothing to see here. God bless you. Like, like can you go back and eat your food? I hate you all. Right. And so extremely embarrassing. Anyways, you can take the picture down right now. Um, stuck, right? Like feeling stuck. One of the worst things about being stuck in life or being stuck anywhere, sometimes it can feel like it's going to be forever in this place. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, like sometimes it feels like, whoa, I am, this is never changing. I'm, I'm stuck. Like this is where I'm going to be at forever. I'm, I'm in this moment. I'm in this place. Nothing is ever going to change, right? Some of us, we've compared it to being on a treadmill. You're moving. You have some kind of physical activity. It looks like you're going to work. It looks like you're coming to church. It looks like you, you are married and you're working on your relationship, but, but nothing's changing, you're, you're stuck, right? It's like, well, life can feel like a treadmill. I'm going, I'm trying, but, but I'm, I'm stuck, right? And it's just like I'm stuck in this moment. I think worse than being stuck is being stuck and not being able to have vision to see beyond the situation that you're in, right? Like, like, like if you're caught up in a moment, if you're stuck somewhere in life, but if you lack vision or if you lack a godly perspective, that makes the situation a whole lot worse. And I think a lot of us sometimes what we suffer from is nearsightedness, right? You, you can only see what's directly in front of you. You can't see beyond it. You can't see past it. You can't see past today. You can't see past your circumstance. You can't see past what's around you. And so all you can see is what's directly 
in front of you, right? Like, like I'm just, I got nearsightedness. All I see is this. This past week, I, I had to go see the optometrist. Is that what you call it, right? Optometrist for my eyes. And, and I wear contacts. Without my contacts, I can't see a thing. Like, I really, if I were to take off my contacts right now, I don't know where I would be. I don't know. I don't know this place. I wouldn't recognize it. Like, I have, I have negative 7.5 in every eye, okay? Yes. That's pretty. Okay, so yes, I know. That's why I'm wearing contacts. <laughs> oh, oh my God. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yes, I got really bad vision, so I've been wearing contacts since I was like eight, right? Like something like that. Uh, and then, so every year you go to the optometrist to get your vision uh, looked at and whatnot. And this past week I was there, and, and at first they did the eye exams with the contacts, but then the doctor said, okay, now I need you to take off your contacts. Uh, and we're going to do the eye exam without contacts. And so I take off my contacts right there in the room, and she puts up the, the eye chart, the one with the letters that I just learned is called the Snellen test. Not smelling test, Snellen test, okay? It's called the Snellen test, right? Did I get that right this time? Does everybody know? I did, right? All right, Snellen test. And uh, I'm there, and I have to start guessing the letters, right? And I'm, I'm like squinting. I, I can't see a thing. I'm like... A, right? I'm just like, she's like, no, you got it wrong. I'm like, B, no, that's not it. And I'm going to try. I'm like squinting my eyes. Those of you who don't have um, eye problems, you won't understand this. But if you have eye problems, sometimes when you squint them or you make them like this, you can see better. I don't know if anybody, anybody knows what I'm talking about. Am I the only one? Like, he's just like, oh, I see it. I see a little bit, right? I just messed up my contact, right? And so I'm like, oh, I'm just like, L-M-N-O-P. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, you got it all wrong, right? And, and she's like, go outside. I'm going to bring you back in, and we'll measure your, I think she had to measure my eye or whatnot. And so I go outside. I'm without my contacts. I go out to the lobby of the doctor's place, and I sit down next to Diana, or who I thought was Diana, because I couldn't see. <laughs> and I'll never forget, I got a text, right? I got a text. And uh, I grab my phone, and, and I can't see a thing. Like, I'm, I'm, telling you, I'm, I'm bad, right? I can't see a thing. And so I, it, here, the place is packed, but this is how I have to check my phone and text somebody back. I go like this. <laughs> like, I promise you, I'm like this. And I'm just like, and in my mind, I'm like, everybody's looking at me right now. I look so ridiculous, but it is what it is, right? And I'm like, Diana, is that you? Like, who texts me? Like, I, but I'm like this. You know what I really think? I think that a lot of us, this is how we live. Right, like we can only see what's directly in front of us. We can't see past it. We can't see beyond it. Our vision is only for what is directly in front of us. So we're stuck in a moment and all we see is the problem. All we see is the tragedy. All we see is the loss. All we see is our sin. All we see is our bad behavior. But if, but if you can get some vision and if you can get some perspective, you would see beyond that. Because if not, you're going to be stuck in a moment. And a lot of us think that our current situation is our final destination. We're just stuck in a moment. We say, there's no way I can get out of this. There's no way out. I can't see beyond what's in front of me. This is going to be me forever. Last Thanksgiving, I was in the same place, in the same moment of my life. Here it goes, 12 months later, I'm in the same place. Nothing ever changes. My marriage is still broken. My relationship is still bad. My husband will never get better. My wife is never going to change. My kids are never going to get better. I'm always going to be in debt. My finances are always going to be bad. I'm always going to live overdrafted. I'm always going to be a slave to my addiction. I'm always going to be a slave to this bad habit in my life. I can't kick it. I can't shake it. And we think that we are stuck in a moment. And we say that our current situation is our final destination. This is who I'm always going to be. 
Like I can never get a relationship with God going. I can never get right with God. This whole thing is never going to get better. Life is always going to be this way. And, and so there is a war for the way we think. And there's a war for the way that we look at our lives. And all of a sudden we have to decide, are we going to believe God's promises or are we going to get caught up in the darkness that we're in for a moment? Are we going to believe what God has spoken over our life or am I going to believe what my situation around me is screaming at me at the moment? Am I going to believe and trust every word that God has spoken over me, over my marriage, over my family, or am I going to believe what I'm seeing right now? There's a fight and you have to determine what you're going to think and you have to put your mind on what God has spoken because what you think on will determine your outcome. Right? What you think on will determine your outcome. Some of us this morning, we need to get up and we need to shake it off and we need to say, you know what? I am not stuck in a moment. This is not the way that life is going to be forever. I want to get some God perspective. I want to see things a little bit differently. I know that life is going to change. I know that I serve a big God and my God, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all I can think, ask, or imagine. Come on, somebody. Does anybody know you got a good God? You got a big God? Oh, last year might have been the same, but next year can be different because we serve a big God. Some of us, we need to start believing what God has said. I'm tired of always being the same place in the same moment, but I'm not going to rely on myself. I'm going to rely on God's help. I'm going to rely on the God that is able to do it. I'm going to rely on the God of miracles. Oh, come on. Some of us this morning, we need to shake it off. Some of us, we need to tell the devil, no, not today. And we need to say, I'm going to get some perspective. I'm going to get some vision into my life. Just because I'm in this moment now doesn't mean I'm going to be in this moment tomorrow. Doesn't mean, I'm a, doesn't mean that this moment is going to define me forever. I'm going to get some perspective. I'm going to get some vision. And I'm going to believe that God can change my future. Right? This is it. No, this is it. This is the way it's always going to be. What you think on will determine your outcome. Like what? It's a, it's a fight for faith. It's a fight for faith, right? Like, like, am I going to believe everything that God says? Am I really going to put my mind on what God has spoken? Or am I going to get caught up with what's directly in front of me and doesn't let me see beyond today? The book of Lamentations is it's a beautiful book. Like, like if, you, if you read about, obviously, it's, it's, a, it's a book full of, like, sadness. It's a book full of tragedy. It's a book full of poetry that, that has some kind of sadness kind of theme to it because the book of Lamentations was written by the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah, he's, he's going through a very tough moment in life. Jeremiah is going through a, through a sad moment in his life because there's a whole lot of tragedy going on with the people of God. The prophet Jeremiah was called by God to speak to the people of God at a very, very dark and bad moment. The people of God hadn't listened to God. The people of God had turned away from God and they had started worshiping other gods. And, and here they were, they lost their way and they didn't want to listen. I mean, you know, it's easy to lose your way sometimes. Right. We can look at the Bible and say, oh, my God, how dare the people of God act this way. But but can I get an amen if we do it, too? <laughs> right. We worship God on Sunday, but we're sometimes we're a whole lot different on Monday. Right. And so the people of God, this is who they are. And Prophet Jeremiah tries to correct them and tries to show them the way. And 
they're not listening. So he, he's extremely frustrated. Jeremiah used to cry for his people every single day. Like there's a part, there's theologists that know him as the weeping prophet. Because he said in one part, he wishes that his eyes were like fountains so he would never stop crying over his people. In other words, I don't have enough tears to cry of how sad I am. He dealt with, with depression and he dealt with discouragement. And, and, and Jeremiah had a tough job telling people who don't want to listen what they should do. Right? And so it gets to the point where the people of God, they, they are taken away from the city and land that they're living in. And they go under exile. The Babylonian Empire comes and, and takes over and takes them over to a foreign city. And now the city that God had gave them, the land that God had gave them is completely abandoned. It is in ruin. And here Jeremiah, he goes on the, letter, on the later exile. But the first trip around, he stays in Jerusalem. He stays in God's promised land. And he's looking around and he's saying, all is lost. He's looking around and he's saying, they... They've, they've taken everything, like homes are empty, they've taken our wives, they've taken our children, they've taken our sheep, they've taken our cows, they've taken everything, they've taken all of our money, and he's looking around and he says, this, this is bad. Like, this is, this is tragic. Have you, ever, have you ever looked around at your life and felt that way? Right, where, where it seems like there's no more hope? Like, you look around and, and you're just like, Who, who's going to clean this up, Right? Like you look around, you're like, my marriage just ended. My kids are all over the place. My finances are broken. I still got this bad habit. I still have this addiction. I'm, I'm in trouble on all sides. And it looks like all is broken. And it looks like all is lost. With that sentiment, Jeremiah picks up his pen and he begins to write the book of Lamentations. And it's really in poetry, and it's really a sad, sad book because he's saying, how can this be? He's saying Jerusalem is like a widow with no money, with no love, and it's left lost alone. We've lost it all. It's a sad book. And if you read the first chapter, it's pretty sad. The second chapter is pretty sad. The third chapter is pretty sad. But right along in the middle, like right at the middle of the third chapter, he changes his tone from one verse to the next. Like, like right in the middle of chapter 3, that's where we read, right in the middle of chapter 3, he, he changes his whole tone, he changes the theme, he, he goes from crying to now I can picture Jeremiah with like a smirk on his face or a little smile trying to break out. It looks like there's a glimmer of hope, it looks like there's a ray of light because something happened inside Jeremiah where he remembered the God that he served. And what I love about it is that it's right in the middle of the chapter because usually that's how God works. Where we're in the middle of our worst circumstance, where we're in the middle of life's problems, where we're in the middle of darkness, that's usually when God begins to turn on the light and say, wait a minute, this isn't going to last all night. This isn't going to last all life. I got an array of light that I'm going to shine right in the middle. Like you probably came in here this morning and you are in the middle of a tough time. I want to tell you, you're in the right place at the right time. Because I don't care if you're in the middle, we have a God who determines the end. Even if you're in the middle, God can work. I remember Paul and Silas, they were in jail. And the Bible says that in the middle of the night, they began to cry out a song. And they began to sing out a song. And in the middle of the night, an earthquake happened where every chain broke loose off of them. I want to tell you that if you're in the middle of a problem... 
You just need to raise your voice a little bit louder. You need to raise up your worship and say, my God is big. My God, he's awesome. My God, he's amazing. You need to lift up the name of Jesus in the middle. Somebody say in the middle. In the middle of the chapter, as he's crying, as he's weeping, as tears are falling onto the paper and messing around with the ink that he's writing, he says, yet, yet, I recall this to my mind. He says, wait a minute, wait a minute, this has been bad. There's destruction, there's, there's abandonment, there's, there's all kind of loss all around me, but yet, I recall this to my mind. And because I recall this to my mind, I have hope, he writes. The message paraphrase, paraphrases it this way. He writes, remembering, he goes, one thing I remember, and remembering I have hope. One thing I remember, and remembering I have hope. He says, wait a minute, I'm going to recall to my mind something. Sometimes when you're stuck in a moment, sometimes when you're stuck in life, Sometimes when life has looked the same for a number of years and you think this is the way life is always going to be, I'm always going to be single. I hear that a lot here in the front row. I'm always going to be stuck at this moment. I'm always going to be in this, in this bad marriage. I'm always going to have this addiction. I'm always going to have this. Sometimes when life is like that, you, you need to remember some things. Right? You, you need to remember some things. I've been there where, where it's like, God, what are you going to do now? God, God, this is the... These are the cards I was dealt. This is my life. This is my lot in life. But Jeremiah says, one thing I remember, and remembering I have hope. Be because it's a battle of the mind. Right? And so today the first thing I want to tell you is that your biggest weapon is your mind. Biggest weapon is your mind. Right? Your mind, that's the biggest weapon you have. When we're stuck in a moment, and this, this is the fight. Are you going to let your mind dictate your faith or are you going to let your faith dictate your mind? Right? Am, am I going to let my mind tell my faith what God is able to do? Right? Am I going to let my brain and my mind and my eyes say how much God can and can't do? Or, or is my faith going to speak to my mind and say, wait a minute, beyond your limitations and beyond what you can see, I have a God that sees way more. And I have a God that can do way more. Your biggest weapon is your mind. And Jeremiah, he's in a bad, bad moment, but he gets a different perspective in a moment, in an instant. You got to read all of chapter 3. All of chapter 3 is it's sad. He's crying. It's bad. And then he says, whoa, wait. Yet I recall this to my mind, and because I recall this, I have hope. Somebody needs to get some hope this morning by recalling some things to your mind. Right? Because life will leave you hopeless sometimes. But you need to get a God perspective. Sometimes what you need to do is you need to step back just a little bit and say, God, let me see things from your point of view. Because my point of view is limited. But we have a God who's above every circumstance and situation. All I see is my limitation. All I see is my lack. All I see is what I can't do. But I have a God that's above it all. And he sees what he can do. And he sees what he's able to do. And he sees all of his provision. And he sees all of his power. And if I just can raise myself up a little bit, I will get a God perspective over my life. Right? The book of Colossians puts it this way. Colossians chapter 3 Verses 1 and 2 in the message, I like the way it paraphrases it. It says, so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. <laughs> okay. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. 
Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground. Observe for the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Don't walk around, eyes to the ground. Look up and see things from his perspective. Some of you, you, need, you know how you need to walk out of here today? You came in with your head down. You came in just looking at your circumstance. I didn't even have turkey this Thanksgiving. We, I have no family. I have no friends. I don't have no wife. I don't have no husband. My life is always going to be like, I don't even have no money. I didn't have anything. You need to look up and see things from his perspective and say, wait a minute. I have a big God. I have a God that provides. I have a God that is table. I have a God that's for me. I have a God that's on my side. I have a God who loves me. I need to see things from his perspective. Come on, some of us, we, we need to rise up this morning. We need to go up on God's level and say, God, I want to see things from your side. I want to get a different perspective on the circumstance that I'm in. Because sometimes the moment that we're in will, will just keep us there. And it will drain us. And it will keep us stuck and attached to that thing. I'm just going to rise up a little bit. I'm going to put my mind on Christ, right? But, but you got to determine what you're going to choose. Your mind is your biggest weapon. Otherwise, if we let our mind control us, it's going to be an emotional roller coaster for the rest of our lives. Can I get an amen? <laughs> right, like, like, have you ever had some mornings where you wake up and you just feel good? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You may not even be a morning person, but you wake up in the morning and you're just like, whoa, I feel good. That's me most of the time. Like if you ask Anna, I wake up in the morning, I put on some music. I don't care what time it is. I'm blasting it in the house. I'm having a good time. I put on coffee. I'm annoying in the morning, right? Like I'm just, I'm just loving life. And... But have you ever had a morning where you wake up and you can't even stand yourself? <laughs> Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? You look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, que pesado que estás hoy. Like you're just like... Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you just wake up and, and you're just, you're not having it, right? If you allow your mind to dictate your faith, oh, life is going to be an emotional roller coaster. You're going to walk here on a Sunday and some Sundays you're going to walk in here and you're going to be like, come on, it's time to praise, it's time to worship, it's time to give, our tithes and all. Other days you're going to walk in here you're like, I ain't raising my hand. I ain't giving nothing. Oh, come on, let's stretch out our hands and let's believe for these prayer requests. Nope. Why did I even come to church, right? Because you're, you're letting your feelings dictate your life. But you got to say, wait a minute, my mind is my biggest weapon. I am going to speak to my soul. I'm going to speak to my mind. So you will worship God. You will raise up your hands, whether you feel it or not. He is a good God. In good times and in bad times. Through good times and through bad, I will worship the Lord my God. You got to speak to yourself. The Bible says this in the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What's your mind on? What's your mind on this morning? What are you thinking about? Are you saying, is this it or can God do more than what I can think? Jeremiah, he, he remembers what God can do. He remembers and he says, because I remember, I now have hope. And then he says some things. He says, and then I remember that his love is everlasting. And then he says, and then I remember that his mercy is made new each and every single day. And then I remember that great 
is his faithfulness. He recalls three things. He says, wait a minute, his love is forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And once that done, it goes on ever and ever some more, right? His love is everlasting. His mercy is made new each and every day. And his faithfulness is amazing. It is great. It is awesome. In other words, it may look like I have failure all around me. It may look like a dead end. But I have to remember the second thing is that failure is not final. Because every single day with God, there's a brand new beginning every single new day with God there's brand new grace every single day I wake up I got new grace I got new mercy I got new opportunities I have a God that's for me I have a God that's with me my yesterday does not define my tomorrow so you have to wake up and say my failure is not final I might have failed I might have fallen down I might have gone through some hiccups in life I might be stuck, but guess what? It's only for a moment because this thing is not going to define me. This thing is not going to define my life. This thing is not going to define my faith. I have a God that's way bigger than this situation. And when I wake up in the morning, I got new mercy. I got new grace. I got a God that's powerful. I got a God that's on my side. I got a God that gives out new power. I got a God that gives out new life. Oh, come on, somebody. You got to believe it with your soul. Come on. Oh, come on. I came to preach to somebody this morning. Come on. You got to wake up in the morning and you got to say there's new mercy and there's new grace for me. I don't care what you did last night. Guess what? New mercy this morning. I don't care what you did the night before. I don't care what you did last year. There is new mercy for the children of God every single day. My failure is not final. I'm not going to let it define me. I'm not going to let it shape me. Because I failed, guess what? I just learned. Because I failed, I just got a stepping stone in my journey. I didn't fail. I found out how not to do something. I didn't fail. God was just showing me a new way. I didn't fail. God was just making me more mature. I didn't fail. God was just making me wiser. I didn't fail. God just wanted me to be stronger. Come on, you got to reshape the way you look. Jeremiah, Jeremiah is stuck in the middle of loss and tragedy. Jeremiah is stuck in the middle of darkness. And yet he says, wait, but his mercy is made new each and every single day. Oh, God is going to be faithful to the promise to God's people, regardless of what I'm seeing right now. That's basically what he's saying. I want to tell you that God's going to be faithful to the promises over your life, regardless of what you're seeing. Because God's going to be faithful to his promises, not because of who you are, but he's going to be faithful because of who he is. The Bible says that God is not a liar and he's not a son of man to lie. And so if he said something, he's going to do it. And he said that he's for me. He said that he's on my side. He said that he loves me. I'm going to believe his word. Why do you say God loves you? Why are you so excited? Why is everybody standing up right now? Because God loves us. <laughs> yeah, but you messed up. Yeah, but his love is not based on my performance. It's based on his. Right? And so my failure, it's not final. And right at the very end, we're going to close up. You're already on your feet. You're doing squats, right? We're going to finish. We're going to finish right now. At the very end, the passage we read, he says, the Lord is my portion. And so because he's my portion, I have hope. The third and final thing we all need to know 
is that what you have is already more than enough. What you have is already more. Jeremiah is saying, I have nothing. We have nothing. We lost it all. Our homes are abandoned. The people are gone. Our money is gone. Our kids are gone. Our cows, our sheep, our, our llamas, everything's gone, gone, gone. But he says, it doesn't matter what I lose on this side because I have a God that's eternal. And God is my portion. I want to explain that to you really quick. Portion doesn't mean portion in our English word today. We think that like, hey, how was your portion for Thanksgiving? Did you eat a lot or a little? That's not what it means, right? What it means in the Old Testament, he's my portion. It means he's my inheritance. Meaning, it doesn't matter if I lose an inheritance on this side. It doesn't matter if, if, if nobody wrote me into their will. It doesn't matter if I have no money. It doesn't matter if I have no possessions. Because on the other side, he's my inheritance. He's my possession. He's my will. I win it all with God. You may have nothing today, but with God, you're always going to have more than enough. Come on, if you believe it, can you lift up your voice? Can you lift up your hands? Come on, let's sing it out. Jesus. Jesus. You darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, come on, your name, cause your name is a light that the shadows can't see. Come on, can we lift up our hands all across this place? Somebody, let's lift up our voice. Come on, can you worship Jesus for 30 more seconds? Come on. Your name is a lie that the shadows can't deny. Come on. And your name cannot be overcome. Cause your name is a lie forever lifted high. And your name cannot be overcome. Every single hand raised, every eye closed. Come on, the Holy Spirit's here. I love it that we can come with a heart full of gratitude because God is good in spite of the bad. God is good 
in spite of our troubles. God is good, even if what I'm seeing is not good. God is good. He will always be good. And all he does is good. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. Some of us this morning, we need, we need to break out of that, that moment that we've been stuck in. We need to break out of that cycle that we've been in. We need to break out of that, that box that has wanted to square us in that says this is, this is it for you. This is what you're always going to be. This is your life defined. I want to tell you that the devil is a liar. I believe there is a hope and a future for you. I believe God's hand is over your life. I believe that the Holy Spirit comes to empower you. I believe that he lives and resides on the inside of you. I believe that the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. And if it can raise up a dead body, it can move you out of your situation. I, I really believe that God, he's able to do more than you can think, ask, or imagine. We have a God that, that always goes beyond what we can imagine. We have a God that does miracles. This morning, some of us with our hands raised, you need to begin to open up your mouth and say, God, I'm, I'm done. I've made up my mind. I've made up my mind. I'm going to trust your word. I'm, I'm going to trust what you've spoken. I'm, I'm going to trust what you've written down. I'm going to trust your word. I'm going to believe, God. I'm going to step out. And I've made up my mind. I'm not going to give it in to doubt and fear anymore. I've, I've made up my mind that, God, you are on my side. I've made up my mind that, God, you are the God of miracles and wonders. Come on. He's good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, in Jesus' name, every single person that, that feels stuck, every person that feels trapped, every single person that feels, God, that they can't move forward, in Jesus' mighty name, God, I pray that you break every single chain. You break the chain of addiction. You break the chains of bad habits and bad cycles, God. God, right now, generational curses are broken, in Jesus' mighty name, God. I believe that your Holy Spirit is here to give us a new lineage, to give us a new inheritance. God, you are our portion, God, with you. God, I believe that new order can come into families. New order can come into our lives. And God, we call right now every single life to align to your word, to align to your will. God, in Jesus' mighty name, we pray for healing. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray for deliverance. In Jesus' mighty name, Holy Spirit, we pray that you open up eyes and that you set people free so that we live the way you've called us to live. Thank you, Jesus. Him who the Son sets free is free indeed. Come on, with every eye closed, with every head bowed all across this place. If you're in here today and you say, Alex, I, I don't have a relationship with God. If you're in here today and you say, Alex, I feel far from God. I feel distant. Maybe you're in here today and you say, Alex, there's no way that God can love me. Maybe you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, he must love somebody else, but I've got some wrong in my life I've done some things in my life that nobody knows I want to tell you God loves you so so much come on as the whole church is praying eyes closed head bowed the Bible says that all of us were sinners I'm a sinner you're a sinner and the Bible says that our sin separates us from God God loves us but God can't be with sin but he loved us so much that he sent his one and only son Jesus Jesus came and he grabbed all of my sin and he grabbed all of your sin and the Bible says that he carried the sins of the world on his shoulders and and he went up on a cross and he died for all of humanity including myself and including you you and I can never pay for our own sins sin has a heavy price and, and we can't pay for it 
but Jesus, he paid it all. The Bible says that Jesus, he died there on that cross. They, they brought him down off that cross. He went into a grave where they laid him. And he was in a grave for three days, but after three days, the spirit of the living God resurrected him. And we believe that Jesus, he's alive today. We believe that he's the way, the truth, and the life. We believe that all peace is found in him. We believe that all hope is found in him. We believe that he is the hope and the answer for humanity. Today, he's exactly what you've been waiting for. He's exactly what you've been looking for. While every eye is closed, every head is bowed. I'm going to count to three in just a moment. If you're in here today and you say, Alex, I need a relationship with God. If you're in here today and you say, Alex, I need a brand new beginning. Alex, I need a brand new start in my life. Alex, I need forgiveness of my sins. I want to leave the old ways behind. I, I want to start brand new. I want God to forgive me. I want this relationship with God. It's only through Jesus. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, come on, in a moment of privacy and concentration. If you're here today and you say, Alex, I need Jesus in my life. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Just want you to hold it up just for a couple seconds. I'm going to see you and then you can put it right back down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. Every eye closed. Come on, every head bowed. Today you need that new beginning. If today you need forgiveness of your sins, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand all across this auditorium. Come on, raise it up as high as you can, as high as you can. Hands going up all over the auditorium. Amazing, amazing. Come on, raise it up. Anybody else, you raise it up. See you, I 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 see you. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. I see you, I see you, I see you. Amazing, amazing. Father, we thank you so much for every single hand raised. Thank you for every single person making a decision across this place. Holy Spirit, I pray that you empower them right now in Jesus' name. While every eye is closed, every head bowed, I'm going to say a simple prayer. And I want you to repeat this prayer from the bottom of your heart. I want you to say it with me with all you've got. I want you to say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Jesus, come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. From today on, I'm forgiven, I am saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, can we give God a big, big praise? Come on, can we congratulate every single person in this place? Amazing.